What's up, everyone? This is Chris Weidman. On today's MMA on SiriusXM podcast, I talk to my friend and teammate Matt, the steamroller for Vola, fresh off his UFC 281 win. Plus, I give my thoughts on this weekend's main event upset with Alex Pereira beating Israel Adesanya to become the UFC middleweight champion. And what's next in this division? Take a listen. Matt, the steamroller for Vola. What's yeah. up? What's up for Vola? Oh, doing good, especially after those trumpets, the trumpet intro. I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. Why did you why did you choose those those trumpets? What's going on with that? Let's go Mets. You know, that, Edwin, that was a- Edwin Diaz is the best closer in baseball. And uh, you know, I'm the I'm the best closer in the UFC now. Does he does he know who the steamroller for Vola is? Have you have you let him know that you use that entry that that walkout song? Yeah, he's got to know. He know he knows. Tag him. Someone had to tag him in that because yeah. that's pretty cool. Oh yeah, I love it, bro. So how you feeling? You go out there. They send you. They send you up against another undefeated guy. Again, this is now just for everybody tuning in. This is the steamroll for Vola, and this is Chris Weidman. I won't back down radio, and uh, I love doing that. He is. Uh, he he had fought a guy who was undefeated before this fight at UFC 281. What was his name again? Uh, Gennaro Valdez. So he was ten and zero. They put for Volo against him, and you ruin him. You ruin that whole undefeated thing. You knock him out in the first round, right? Yeah. And now you go against a big, a big up and comer, Ottoman Azadar. They try to set you up with another guy. I don't know if they're trying to get you to uh, lose or not. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but you go out there and get a first round KO over him too. What's your yeah. thoughts? Uh, what's your thoughts with these matchups they're giving you? You know, I'm uh, I'm the humble roller, so sometimes I got to come around and humble these guys. You know, I remember when I was undefeated, I got to the UFC at six and zero. My first fight in the UFC, I got humbled. I'm a better man because of it. So I'm making these guys better men because of it. I love it. Talk to me, like, so you had a t- your last fight that you lost was your toughest fight. You lost to Terrence McKinney. It was super close. And since that, you're since then you've been on this crazy streak, and you're just taking everybody out. What did you take from that loss um, that has motivated you and got you on this win streak? You know that, that loss was a tough one, um, but you know I, I I stayed consistent. You know I, I kept faith, I kept belief. You know, and uh, and we got through it. You know, it's the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows, and. Uh, you know, you got to make it through the adversity to uh, really achieve what you want. But like technically, um, was there was there things that you decided that you're going to be doing differently? Was there things that like Longo and uh, your other coaches kind of talked to you about to help you out? Yeah, you know, I, I told I told Ray make me the next Long Island champ. He told me to to box more. He told me to to <laughs> more. He told me to move my head more and, and use do more movement. You know, so I tell what Ray Longo tells me to do, I do. You know, he he says I do. That's what I say. And uh, and you know, we're we're jabbing more, moving our head more. We got good movement. You know, we're we're getting there. When I when I talked to Longo before the fight, I go, Hey, how's he doing? He goes, I'm tell you something. I, I mean, I'm I'm trying with this guy. I'm 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 trying my best. This guy, I mean, he's fucking out of his mind though. He's a holy shit. That guy's crazy, but. Tell you one thing, he's gonna be moving his head. He's gonna be moving his head more. Like he, that's one thing we've been working on. He's he's moving his head good. He's looking really good in sparring. Um, he's uh, he, he obviously he believed you were gonna win this fight. Um, but that's the big thing, right? Head movement. Did you when yeah. you walked into that cage? Was it like all right? 
I'm going to be moving my head more, or you're just like, I'm going after this. I'm going after this dude. I'm humbling him. No, no, it was, uh, it was faints and movement, you know, and patience, a big thing, patience, you know, and then all camp, uh, me and Ray, Ray just points to his head. He goes, we're using our head. Using- <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I go, yes, yes, coach. We're using our head uh, and we're moving our head. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I like to think of myself as a calculated killer now. And uh, I've, I've got a game plan um, and, and we stuck to that game plan. You know, it was patience, patience and movement and, and kick them from the outside. And uh, I wanted to get him overzealous and get him to be leaping in with a, a big one, three, two, a big two, three. And, uh, you know, the plan was to time that, go under it, take him down and then beat him up on the ground and drag him into some deep water. But shit, I knocked him out before that. So. How did that, how did that feel? How did that punch feel that the punch that put him out? Oh, it felt great. It felt great. That was a nice left hand right here. Oh, you know, look at that. That's I, a, that's a big left hand you have there. That's a big hand. It, we, I had to develop it, man. I had to develop it. I broke, <laughs> broke my right hand three you get times. Botox, do you get Botox in your hand to make it that big? That's not uh, natural. It's natural. Uh, but... <laughs> Oh man. So what, one of the other things Longo would tell me is that, um, well, and I know this from being around you, like you're a huge fan of the sport. You're a huge fan of the guys that you're on these cards with, you know, you're, you know, you're super excited to be on a huge pay-per-view. It means a lot to you. It means a lot to your dad, your brother, like you guys are just like fans of the sport. And for Longo, he's like, you know, freaking out about it. Like he thinks it's going to get in your head somehow like that, you know, you're on these cards with these good big guys. And he, he wants you to realize you fucking you belong here you are that big guy like screw these guys f them it's all about the steamroller show you know mm-hmm. and is that like does do you feel like it's a there's a part there, is there a part that you need to change with that or do you think you have no you don't think there's anything bad about being like a, a big fan of these guys and, and kind of looking up to them um it doesn't it does it is there possible like negativity there or you just see it as a positivity Man, you know, it is what it is. I am who I am, you know, <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I love it. You know, I love being on these big cards. I think, uh, once I've always wanted to fight a legend, like Clay Guida, I always wanted to fight Clay Guida. Like if I get that fight and then, and then we'll see, you know, and then I gotta be like, all right, you know, he's not the legend anymore, but honestly it's a fight. You know, I step into that cage. I got a, there's a ref in there and there's my opponent. You know, and, and we're fighting. I'm not, not no respect, and you know, until after the fight, of course. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'll, I'll ever have that problem. All right, this is Won't Back Down Radio. This is Chris Wyman. I'm talking to Matt, the steamroll for Vola, who's coming off a big knockout win in the first round, UFC 281. What's next for you, man? I know, uh, I know you've been ma- you've been making some call outs, some big names. Let me hear it. Yeah, you know, uh, we're going to finish the year strong, help out the team, keep training. Um, I'm, I'm actually going uh, down to Tampa to finish camp with Billy Q. And then I'm, I'm going out uh, to Vegas with him. He's got a big fight uh, December 10th in Vegas against uh, Alex Hernandez. And uh, that's you know, a just, fight. Yeah, yeah, just so happens uh, that same night, December 10th, uh, this uh, this scouser Patty the Batty's got a big fight himself, so I'll be I'll be a witness that, and uh, you know I'm gonna finish the year strong, help the team. I'll get into fight camp in January, January, February. I'll be ready to go in March. It looks like they're going to London in March, and 
you know who I want to fight in uh, in London. Yeah, why? I, I, obviously, he's a big name. Is that really the only reason why you want to fight Patty, Patty the Batty? Um, uh, because you've been calling him out. I remember you did some funny video calling him out. No, I forget. I forgot exactly what you did. Tell everybody what you did. And then also, why is it? Why Patty? I've been, I've been calling him out for a while just because I, I love the atmosphere that he brings. You know, uh, being able to watch his UFC rise and watch him fight in the UFC, the fans that he brings, the atmosphere that he brings, it's, it's electric. And, uh, you know, I want to be a part of that. And I think that that meshes well with, with my team rollers with my with you know my squad and uh you know patty's patty's a good good fighter he's you know skilled everywhere you know he's a grappler he's you know he'll strike and then and uh so am i so i think it's going to be a a super exciting fight and then just the atmosphere is what i want especially in london you know i always hear these london cards are crazy with the fans and the atmosphere um so you know i want to we just fought at home let's go to enemy territory let's so let's fight the the toughest dude in London, Patty the Batty. I love it. I hope that works out for you. But what do you think his next fight? He's going against Jared Gordon, another New Yorker, former New Yorker. Uh, what's your What's your thoughts on that fight? Is Patty Batty beating him? Oh no, Jared's going to stuff him in a locker and beat the piss out of him. Really? Do you really think that? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think Jared's better? Like, take away the bias of the New York thing. Yeah. yeah. Are you close? You're not close with Jared, are you? No, but I've met him a couple times, and I've watched okay. his – I know he's good. I've, okay. I've been watching him for a while. Do you think um, Jared's more well-rounded than Patty? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And, he, and he's a grinder. Um, but, you know, I, I thought the la- I thought the monkey god was going to be Patty too. So, you know. But, but like I said before, you know. Uh, What's the guy's name? The monkey god? Yeah, yeah. That The last guy Patty fought, he fought Jordan Levitt. They call him the monkey god. Is there any other way to describe him? Jordan Levitt, he's the the flamboyant guy. Does- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm just happy I didn't have to say it. Clip that one. <laughs> that guy's your weight? He's a 55er as well. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you can't fight him. He's one of those guys that, like, you just – he's not very good, but he's annoying, and especially the way he acts. You just don't want to lose to that guy. That's a bad loss. Your yeah. friends are going to make fun of you if you lose to that guy, no matter who you are. Yeah, I don't want to. The Favola crew is going to turn their back on the steamroller. Yeah. Right, right or wrong? Like, are they, like, is your dad going to let you be your, his son anymore after that? Yeah, I mean, I think so. <laughs> we've, we've been through the highs. We've been through the lows. You know, I think the ones that are with me now, I know they'll stick through me through it, through thick and thin. <laughs> <laughs> I had uh, Al Joe's video guy. who's now, you know, my good buddy, uh, Jake Fine, the Taekwondo guy, following me around all week. And uh, he's been shooting like these uh, these fight week vlogs. I think the third episode's about to drop today. If you haven't caught the first two episodes, they're on Aljo's new media company, the Weekly Scraps Media. So uh, tune in and uh, watch that. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, I saw that he was doing that. I saw that the first so the first episode or the first documentary that they're doing uh, for the Weekly Scraps. Um, it's Jake and Aljo started this company called the Weekly Scraps media company and the first person they decided to follow and document was was you leading up to this fight um what what was that like oh it was sweet you know jake's a cool dude you know i i don't want just anybody following me around recording all fight week 
much, but he's, he's cool. You know, I tell him he's one of us. He's cut from the same cloth as us, you know, ball busters and shit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it was a fun week. Yeah. I like him a lot, man. He's good. I'll just look lucky to uh, have him, but he's got to start paying him more money because I'm going to steal him. Yeah, exactly. Steal he's, him and utilize him. <laughs> he's the team camp guy now. And we got to thank the manimal for that. You know, the manimal is the one who brought him around, which is crazy. You know, <laughs> Everyone was like, oh, he worked for the Manimal. He, he must not be that good. <laughs> but he's wrong. He, We're going to find out uh, the Manimal hired him first, and he's been working on the Manimal's documentary for like, for like four years now. He's been going to different film festivals and presenting he, the Manimal documentary. working with Aljo, and now he's starting to work with me, pumping out all our stuff. He's still got the Manimal documentary fucking hung up. He doesn't forget about Manimal, though. He always gives him props. He always lets the world know, hey, Manimal started me out. So that's pretty cool. Stay tuned for the Manimal documentary on the Weekly Scraps Media. It's going to be a legendary one. The Manimal could have a lot of different TV shows. You know, he could do do a lot of different things. If he didn't care about his private life, he would crush. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) it's a little inside secret here at the Won't Back Down Radio, speaking to Steamroll, the Favola. Uh... All right, man. I appreciate you stopping by and doing this and uh, not big time in me now that you're just knocking out everybody in the UFC. No, you're the man, Chris. I always remember like the first. Oh, we got the bulldog. There he is. Papa Favola. There he is. Congratulations, man. I'm a happy guy. I'm a happy guy. You should be, man. I, were you, you were obviously at MSG. I didn't, I didn't get to see you. I started crying when the whole, whole stadium, the whole stadium was going steamroll up. Oh my God! It's a dream come true. You guys are living a dream. Absolutely. I'm still his boy. I'm still his boy. Why didn't you get in the octagon and and just let everybody know that he's still your boy? Yeah, we got to go. Well, well, after a win, you have to say just that's my boy. But when he loses, I hopefully never again. Just then, that's the time to go. That's still my boy. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. All right, brother. I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Nice talking. Take care. Hopefully, hopefully I see you back home uh, sooner rather than later. Yeah, I'll be back. All right, I will. Later, dude. Busted Open is your daily home for all things pro wrestling. Join Dave LaGreca, WWE Hall of Famers, Bully Ray and Mark Henry, and hardcore wrestling legend Tommy Dreamer. Dave LaGreca here. From WWE to AEW, Impact, New Japan, Ring of Honor, and more, we talk it all. Whether you grew up watching Ric Flair or Stone Cold Steve Austin, Busted Open is your place for pro wrestling. Busted Open, Mondays through Saturdays at 9 a.m. East on Fight Nation, Sirius X. Channel 156. Pereira, Adesanya, UFC 281. I was out in New York City uh, at Madison Square Garden for those fights. I was there the whole weekend. I had the honor of doing the UFC 281 uh, weigh-in show that you could find on YouTube and I believe Fight Pass as well. And, you know, that was a great experience hanging out with Laura Sanko, Daniel Cormier, Dan Helly. It was a fun show. Got to break down the fights. And uh, the next day, got to go to the fights. And we'll start with the main event with Pereira versus Adesanya. Uh, originally, I had I thought Adesanya was going to win the fight for the mo- most of the week, but I flip flopped multiple times. Uh, the way they were kind of staring when they were staring each other down, I feel like the size difference. I just thought Pereira was bigger. The confidence of being all the, the fact that he had beaten him twice already in kickboxing, it started kind of just sinking home for me a little bit, and I started leaning towards more Pereira as the fight. Uh, got closer and closer. And I'm not just saying that because he ended up winning. It's just the truth. (laughs) Uh, That being said, 
Adesanya to me looked like the better fighter. The be- he uh, he looked like the better kickboxer. He was kind of picking him apart. His cardio, which I thought was going to be a big factor in the fight, it looked like it was becoming a big factor. Pereira started slowing down as the fight went on. He was picking him apart with leg kicks, punches. I believe it was a third or fourth round. I, like Pereira didn't throw anything. No matter what Izzy threw at him, Pereira wasn't coming back with anything. And I thought this fight was Adesanya's. Adesanya got a couple takedowns. Um, and I will say, you know, I was, I was, I, I do think Adesanya showed that he does have some wrestling and some jujitsu. But if he just had a little bit more, this is a fight that he was finishing. It really looked like, you know, you know, congrats to Pereira. He's the one who got the, the he, you know, he got the finish in the fifth round by knockout. But at the end of the day, man, he is, uh, he needs some serious work in, in grappling. His jujitsu just looked non-existent. There was a point where Adesanya had his back and they're on the ground and, and uh, Pereira starts coming up to his feet and he had no idea how to get to his feet. And Adesanya had no idea really how to throw hooks in and finish the fight, which was frustrating. Both them, really, man. If, if Adesanya would have worked a little bit more on the ground game, got a little bit more confident with some of those positions, there's no chance. Pereira has no chance because, you know, I knew experience was going to be a big deal in this fight. The fact that Pereira only has like five fights or whatever in mixed martial arts. But he, he trains with Glover Teixeira. And so you would think that some of that, through osmosis, some of that jujitsu and grappling would have entered into Pereira's soul. He's a big athletic dude. You thought, you know, I would just assume that he would be able to pick up some of the grappling a little easier than he has because it's pretty, pretty apparent he has a huge weakness with wrestling and jujitsu. And there's no question that people are going to be uh, taking advantage of that in the future. Um, it really is interesting because they did bring Pereira there to beat Izzy or to fight Izzy because of the history that they have had in kickboxing. Adesanya really has cleared out the division. The top six guys I think he has beaten now, um, and they they were bringing Pereira up, and really the only story to this fight was that they had the history, and that's why Pereira was able to fight for the belt so quickly in his MMA career. And But now it's like, what do you do? Izzy, Izzy gets knocked out. Questionable, kind of a questionable stoppage. I've seen I've seen stoppages, you know, go a little quicker. I've seen stoppages, you know, I've seen them not stop fights in situations like that. Um, but you know what? Let's go. Let's go to the audio where Adesanya kind of addressed this a little bit. I was fine. First thing I said to you, Joe, the ref, I was like, I was fine because I was still lucid. I was in there, but um, yeah, <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Does that mean that you're you're really not happy with the stoppage that you feel like? No, maybe it was I, I watch. I talk to my coaches and. I trust them. I trust them. But I was fine. I knew my, like, I could see everything happen. I wasn't, my eyes might have rolled back a little bit, but I was lucid. Yeah. Up to that point, it was probably one of your best performances. I mean, does that make this one, like, maybe even a little more difficult because it was such a phenomenal performance no, until that point? No, really. I, I'm, that's why I said I'm, I'm grateful. I'm proud. Uh, my team's proud of me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first off, just props to Adesanya on the way how, the, on the way he's handling this loss. We've seen this when he lost to Blackwitz, the way he handled it. He really handles the feet like a true champion. And I think it's a um, inspiration and something that other fighters could model themselves after, after, because at the end of the day, this game is tough. Adesanya was looking like the better fighter in there, but this sport, the better fighter doesn't always win. Anything could happen. That's what makes this sport so crazy. So you always got to be grateful in the moment, whether you win or lose. 
And Adesanya does a great job of presenting that, you know, to everybody in the biggest fights that we have in the UFC, which is awesome for the sport. Um, the question is like, you know, I, I don't think it was stopped early. I, I mean, I, I would have liked to see it go a little bit longer, but the amount of punches that he was getting hit with, they were hard. He wasn't really there anymore. I know he says he feels like he was, but it could have been he's getting flatlined pretty quick there. You know, one more punch lands and he's, you know, sleeping for a minute. And I think it's better off you save him. I don't think he was coming back from that. It was a really he, – he was wobbled really badly. So I don't really have a problem with the stoppage. The question is, what do you do moving forward? I know Dana White was talking about a, a rematch. Uh, between these guys and uh, let's actually go to that audio right now as well I was saying this this week and it's the absolute truth Israel Adesanya didn't even flinch about taking this fight he likes to fight all the time he took this fight uh, <clears throat> he wanted this fight a lot of people talk publicly and it's a whole different story behind the scenes that guy's an absolute stud always wants to stay active and, and you know a fight that most guys would stall give me more time give me this that he dove right into this fight. Um, you know, his only loss was when he tried to move up and wait uh, to 205. So you got to respect him as a champ and what he's done. So you wouldn't rule out running I, it no, back? No, I wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Dana. Let's address that first. It is um, really a cool thing when you have a champion that is not afraid to put it all on the line as much as, as Adesanya does. You know, I, we spoke to him, me and DC were actually talking to him about this on the weigh-in show before the fight and just talking about how champions, you know, you get that belt, you make the most money of your career when you're the champion. Sponsorships and appearances, um, seminars, whatever you do, you're the man. You're the, you're the world champion. And, you know, you make the big, big money fight by fighting, but if you could just extend your time as champion you're making all this supplemental money all the time you get some movie roles and, and stuff like that adesanya has been really good at realizing that this moment's not going to be there forever as being the champion i want to get to i just want to stay as active as possible and give the fans what they want i'm not going to be afraid of failing you know and, and he's failing he's failing forward and he, and he keeps demonstrating that by you know when taking the fight against blackwoods going up a weight class which was a huge risk and then now also fighting a guy who had knocked him out. His the only time he's ever been knocked out was against Pereira. And uh, he put himself in that position with no, no issue. And so tons of props to him on that. That being said, how, what happens next? The rematch is what everybody wants to see. But, the, but some of the question marks in my mind is that the first time that he lost to Pereira in kickboxing, his coach – was very serious about the amount of time that he takes off from having, being concussed like that. So they took a bunch. Of, they took a bunch of time off, and I, don't, I think it was almost over a year. So now that he's on the big stage, he would be fighting for the belt. You, do you hold up the division for a year to, for a rematch? I don't think that's going to happen. So it's either they offer Adesanya enough money, and or he just decides. You know what? I know. I got hurt in there. I know I got hit with some big shots, but I didn't get put out. I'm all right. My brain's okay. He gets it checked out and he get back in there quickly. I, it's a really tough position. Adesanya could have big fights with a lot of people. Does he really care that much about the belt in this rematch? I don't know. That's going to be up to him. I know that's probably the biggest money fight for him. The UFC is probably going to really dangle a, 
a nice carry in front of him to rematch Pereira. Is it the best matchup to go in there with this heavy hitting dude again, who's going to try to knock him out again? Even though Izzy has showed that he was such a better kickboxer, you know, there's just always that chance he's going to even go in there with more confidence against Adesanya next time and just trying to put him to sleep. You know, usually when you get knocked out, the more likely chance of being knocked out again and easier. And so it is a tougher fight. You could find way better fights for Adesanya um, and give his brain a, a, a little bit of a break. Um, the thing is, whoever fights Pereira next now knows that guy has no wrestling at all. So if you have somebody like, there's tons of guys. Listen, me, I'm going out there and throwing him around, no problem. You know, I just get to a clinch. He had no idea what he was even doing in the clinch, the over on the position. Him and Adesanya, they just, they really, Adesanya was better. He had a little bit more of an idea what to do with his hips. I don't know what, like, most of the people who are MMA fans saw during those clinches, if they were able to see how novice they were in there. But for me, as a professional fighter, coming from a wrestling background, I'm watching them in that over-under position. I'm cringing of how many opportunities that are there that either both of them aren't able to figure out. If it's not me, obviously, fighting for the belt next against Pereira, I see like a Whitaker, uh, a Gaslam. I don't even know. I don't even know who's next. But anybody with a little bit of wrestling, a Vittori, I mean, this is a fight that they're just chomping at the bit for. So there's tons of people that would love to step in there instead of Izzy fighting for the belt and take his spot. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see um, what the UFC does, what Adesanya ends up doing. I know his coach is super uh, instrumental in his career, and he's he is a true coach where he's not a yes man. He's going to tell Adesanya, you are not fighting until six months later or a year later. And if Adesanya disobeys him, he's just going to be like, I'm not going to be in your corner. I'm not going to corner you again. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens with that. MMA on Sirius XM is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts. Plus, catch Won't Back Down Radio, Unlocking the Cage, and MMA Today on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 and on the SXM app. SiriusXM Podcasts.